morning. I like to say it's a blessing to see all the beautiful faces. Sean, what's up, my brother? Love you. <clears throat> You're beautiful. Seriously, way more beautiful probably than me. Erin <clears throat> may not say that, though, because she thought I was, all right. No, but I'm so excited to be here. I am. I, every time I get to stand in front of y'all, every time I get to preach God's word, I'm just, I just feel honored to do it. Um, you know, we was in Bible class, and here we was talking about a psalm, and I'm getting to, uh, we're talking about Jesus, uh, talking about him saying, uh, why have you forsaken me? And, and I'm, I'm caught up in the psalm, and I immediately start getting emotional. And I, why? Because it means something to me. This was definitely not what I was trying to do right here at the beginning of the lesson, but you know what? It don't matter. Um, I love Jesus. And I realized that he loves everybody the same way. And what's so encouraging to me is to know that, and we've been talking about Paul, and, and we've been, uh, I've been kind of stuck on uh, him for a little bit, but it's just amazing to me that he got it too. And it shows that anybody can be very, very powerful for the kingdom, but it has to come from within you to realize that the Lord has counted you personally faithful for His glory, for His honor, for anything that brings people closer to Him, you have the ability to do it. But the problem that we run into so many times, and this lesson that I got is not even uh, talking about Paul, but... Um, I just want to encourage you as many times as I stand up here that it's not just one person that's going to change the, the world. Jesus is the one who changed it, but now his people got to carry it on. And if we do it, and if we want to do it, and if we can be excited about doing it, we will do it. Twelve guys did it. Twelve guys decided it was a big deal. And guess what? They changed the world. And I want to do it too. Not just Portland. Yeah, I want to change Portland, no doubt. But you know what? My God's real big and my Jesus sits on a throne and he reigns, and he don't do small stuff. He don't just do little B cities, and I love Portland. 
He does world stuff, right? He breathed and talked and said something, and guess what happened? It came to be. That's the God we serve. That's the God that, that we uh, get to come every Lord's Day together and worship. Very exciting uh, thing. If you would turn me to Deuteronomy 5. Sorry, I just had to, had to chase that one, y'all. I had to get on that for a minute. I mean, I, I guess I had to talk about me getting emotional. I'm not trying to talk about getting emotional every time uh, that I get emotional, but it, it bothered me. Jesus was really going through that. And to think about He was really going through that on the cross... For what? For us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you mean to me as a Christian. Thank you, Jesus, for what you mean to this congregation. Because guess what? I am a member of the church of Christ. I belong to the body of Jesus Christ. Not a denominational name that everybody says. No, I belong to the body of Jesus Christ. And He died for me, and He died for all of us here. And I say, Amen to that. But this morning I want to totally go kind of a, another direction. I was in class, and uh, I'm studying the Old Testament, and uh, specifically the book of Judges. And I came to a verse, and it just stuck with me. It bothered me, and it challenged me. And... I couldn't let it go. Uh, James came into the office the other day and I immediately just tell him about it because I just, it, 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 it was consuming me. And so you know what happened? I said, I'm just going to preach on it. How about that? I'll just do a full study on it and let it get off my conscience and I'm just going to preach about it. And so here we are. Deuteronomy chapter 5. <clears throat> We're going to end up in Judges chapter 2, but I want to start in Deuteronomy chapter 5. If I had to give a title for this lesson, it, lesson, it would be, What a Warning. It challenged me. It really did. And it still challenges me today, and I hope it challenges you in a good way. You know, sometimes I remember back in the day if somebody challenged me to whatever sport it was, I wanted to completely demolish them, Right? If it was one-on-one, -on -one, whatever it was in basketball, I wanted to completely destroy the other person. But now God has challenged me, and I can't destroy God. But why is He challenging me? To make me better. Not to laugh at me and make fun of me. He's challenging me to say, you know what, there is some things that I need to change in my life. And I need to change them right now. I need to go ahead and do it right now. And because I can do it right now, what that does is it changes me for this day forward. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, I want to talk about the Israelites. And I want to kind of set this story up and bring us into Judges. Uh, the Ten Commandments are reviewed. And the Bible says in verse 1, And Moses called all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your hearing today, that you may learn them and be careful to observe them. 
The Lord your God made a covenant with us in Horab. The Lord did not make his covenant with our fathers, but with us. Those who are here today, all of us who are alive. So he makes this covenant. this proclamation to the people that he wants them to learn what he says and be careful to observe them. And then he goes into talking about the Ten Commandments. And I want us to just pick up in verse 22. I got a little bit of reading that I want to do, so kind of just hang with me. I promise I'll get to the point. Just, I got to set it up and let me set it up. And I'm telling you, if you will have open ears and open hearts, this will apply strong to you. Okay, verse 22. These words the Lord spoke to you all, to all your assembly in the mountain from the midst of the fire, the cloud and the thick darkness with a loud voice, and he added no more. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. So it was, when you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness, while the mountain was burning with fire, that you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders. And you said, Surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory in his greatness, and we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. Think about that. God, they heard it, and they still was alive. It was an amazing incident going down. Now skip over to verse 28. Then the Lord heard the voice of the words uh, when you spoke to me, and the Lord said to him, I have heard the voice of the words of these people, which they have spoken to you. They are right in all that they have spoken. Oh, that they had such a heart in them, that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. And then skip down to verse 32. Therefore, you shall be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. That is a God who cares about people. He says that he wants it to be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in this land that you're about to possess. And then in, verse, in chapter 6, he says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all His statutes and His commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is the, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. 
And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And I want us to focus and hold on to verse 7 because we'll come back to it towards the end. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. These commandments, these things that the Lord wanted them to know was a huge deal. He wanted them to remember it. He wanted them to teach it diligently to their children. Fast forward with me to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. And I want to look at verses 19 through 24. But I want to start in verse 19. Here are, as you're turning it, I'll kind of get us where we're going. Fast forward and Moses dies and now Joshua has taken over and now the, the children of Israel have come to the Jordan River and they're about to cross over it. And then they do. A huge miracle happens. The water stops way back and there's dry land and all of the Israelites walk over on dry land. And, and jo Joshua tells them to pick up 12 stones and bring these stones over to the place where we're going to stay. And look at verse 19. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel saying, When your children ask your fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which He dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So we see in the beginning of where we read in Deuteronomy 5, the Lord wants every single one of the Israelites to constantly, every time they think, wherever they're at, whatever they're doing, to talk about the Lord and what He commands them to do and what He wants them to do. And here we see in Joshua again, the Lord says, set up these stones. So when you look over and see these stones, guess what you can tell your children? That the Lord did something for us. That the Lord was there for us. And that everybody else around us can know that the Lord can do something for them. And that the Lord is mighty. And that they must fear the Lord forever. What is He doing? He's establishing who He is. He's establishing who His people are. And He's establishing who He loves. 
Man, that's powerful for us. Are we under the old covenant? Absolutely not. But Romans 15, 4 tells us what? Everything that we learn back there is for our learning, right? When we read that, we learn it. That through the comfort and the patience of the Scriptures, we might have what? Hope. We might have hope. When we see what they've done, when we see the things that that have happened in that time, and we see the errors that they make, what do we do? We realize what they've done, and we say, I'm not going to do that. And so now we come to Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2, and I want to start in verse 7. All the way through Joshua, the the Israelites have come through. They have been at uh, taking city after city over. They've been busy. They've been doing things. They've been doing what the Lord asked them to do. You remember, they cross over the Jordan, and it wasn't just... Uh, A few days later, and here they were marching around Jericho. You remember, they have to obey exactly what he says, and what happens? The walls fall flat. So they take over Jericho, and then they move on. And yes, they had trouble along the way, but they did what the Lord said while they were doing their jobs that he had assigned them to do. Joshua, Judges 2, verse 7 says this, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance, Timnath Harry's, in the mountains of Ephraim and north of north side of the mountain Gaish. And here's where I want us to begin the lesson, really. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which we, He had done for Israel. What? Another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which He had done for Israel. That's a very confusing verse to me. It really makes me sad. God had spoken, God had set up, God had shown over and over how much He loved His people. And what happened? The next generation doesn't know the Lord, nor the work which He had done. I want us to consider several things that we can learn from this. And if we can take it seriously as Christians, we can keep from making these mistakes. What a warning. Again, I hope that this will bring hope to us. 
And first I want us to think about why this generation didn't know the Lord. He told them what to do. Over and over, He told them exactly what they needed to do and how to be successful in it. Not only did He tell them, He put up up stuff. He put up signs for them basically with these stones. Not only that, He fed them manna, right? Over and over, we can think about all these things that the Lord physically did for them to see. And the next generation comes up and they don't know who He is and they don't know what He had done for Israel. Doesn't the verse prior to it though say that this generation served the Lord? All the days of Joshua? Yes. What were they doing while they served the Lord? They were taking over cities, weren't they? They were doing stuff. They were constantly going in and and taking over these cities, listening to the Lord, messing up, having to do the right thing over and over again, right? They were doing that. As they cross over into this promised land, the land has people in it. They have to take this place over. They have a job that they have to do. A very important job. But what happened in the process? Think about this, y'all. What happened to their children? The first thing I want us to consider this morning, only two things, and I'm going to go fast, but I want us to catch it. Being the best Christian you can be doesn't guarantee your children will be. And let me explain that. Here were the children of Israel about to go and fight. They were about to have to go and trust in the Lord and gain this promised land. And they were faithful to it. But what they didn't do, and it's obvious from the text, not that every single one of them may have done it, But think about what the Lord had set up. If you do this and you remember it and you talk about it, what is He trying to say? I want you to tell it to your son. I want you to tell it to your grandson. I want you to continually talk about this. But this next generation came up and they did not even know the Lord. They didn't even know what He had done. This is hard to grasp. It was hard for me to grasp too. And you know what? I'm not strong in this myself. We're supposed to show ourselves approved to God. Amen? We're supposed to be shining lights and go out into the world. And preach the gospel, right? We're supposed to be faithful in all we do, right? But we can do all of those things which we're commanded to do 
and raise children that won't be faithful. And what I want to focus on, and don't misunderstand me because I'm going to come back at the end, just, just hang with me in this. Because we didn't stop and teach them like we were supposed to. You know, me personally, I push as hard as I can. to go and get Bible studies. To prepare my lessons. I, I spend a lot of time in God's Word. I, I'm not trying to get you to pat me on my back. I don't, I'm not saying that. And I mean, I get excited when I prepare these lessons. I think about people that it may touch. I'm praying for them. I make sure Libby and Isaac are involved in all of the things that they need to be involved in. But here's the danger if I don't go home and teach it to them, I'm missing it. I'm missing it. The Bible tells us in Psalm 127.3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Ephesians 6.4 says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Don't make your kids mad. But bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Brethren, we've been given a full-time job as parents not to just raise our kids up, to remind them, to show them, to not just say, you know what, I got them here and they're going to get something out of it. And that is absolutely true. And I say bring them every time the doors are open, any time an activity happens, bring them here. But brethren... If we don't do it at the house, they're going to be weak. Isaac. I missed that opportunity for a long time. And I'm thankful that Isaac is a pretty good kid. I mean, 
He's a good kid, but he's a kid. But you know, I get so ex- I'm just going to be honest with y'all. And I ain't ashamed to do it. So I hope that you can take this in and think about it. I hope you can take, I'm going to be real transparent. (laughs) Why do I want to be transparent? Because I hope that I can give you hope. That I hope you can change the things that you may be struggling in. You know, I can have all these great Bible studies, and I do, and I have some really good ones. But time goes by, and guess what? I don't even talk to Isaac about it. Time goes by, and I don't even say nothing to him. Yeah, he's here. Yeah, he hears me. Yeah, he gets it quite a bit more when I'm at the house and I'm studying. But I don't ever take the time like I should. And I'm not saying I don't, but I don't ever take the time like I should and sit down and say, you know what? I want to talk to you about the Lord. Let's do a Bible study. You know, and then I thought about well, we're busy, man. <laughs> I know it. I'm not ever at the house hardly. That ain't no excuse. Deuteronomy 6 7 says this You shall teach them diligently to your children that they shall talk of them when you sit down in your house. Well, I ain't ever there. Well, guess what? He says, when you walk by the way. (laughs) When you walk by the way. When you're in the car. When you're going to a ball game. Whenever your kids are in the car, what are we talking about? Or does it even matter? Does it even matter really? I mean, is it... Ask yourself, be honest. I'm not trying to get on anybody. Here I am up here crying like a baby every time, and I try not to, but you know what? It's real to me. Jesus is real. And he's coming back. You know what I've learned from this? Here's what I've learned. I'm going to start a Bible study at my house. With my kids, with Libby. But there's a second point of this that I do want to talk about. And I'm not saying that everyone in here whose kids are not faithful are terrible parents and they didn't do the right thing. I'm not saying that at all. Do not get what I'm saying wrong at all. Because you know what? You may have done a great job. And be comforted with this scripture. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
I grew up in a denominational family, but guess what? God's principles were established in my heart when I was very young to know God's will and to understand that the Bible is where it's at. And guess what happened to me, brethren? Here I stand. Done some of the worst things. Why do I always use me as an example? Because I'm up here standing. You know what? And Paul did it all the time too. And I don't care because guess what? I've been washed. I've been cleansed. I've been sanctified. And I can talk about what I used to do. And I can talk about how I used to be. And I can still talk about how I am now and how I'm struggling sometimes. And that's okay because guess what, brethren? I know y'all love me. I know that you do. Pray for me. Pray for me that I'll do better in my studies. But maybe you're here, and I'm about to end up. Maybe you're here and you say, well, I don't even have no kids. That don't even pertain to me. I don't even have no kids, Matt. That don't even pertain to me. I appreciate the lesson, and yeah, that's a great point. Well, you ain't getting off the hook. The second point, and I'm just going to end it, and I'm going to be real quick. And it's kind of a weird point, and I've never even said it like this, but it's just, I, 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 I like it. Who is my mother, and who are my brothers? Remember that story? Remember when Jesus, when he's talking, and, and, the, uh, and he's got this great multitude around, and the guy comes up to him, and he's like, hey man, your mom and your brothers are outside, and they want to talk to you. Do we need to maybe clear the path and get them in here, or what? Jesus stretches out his arm to his disciples, y'all. And he says, who is my brother? I mean, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? He says, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And I'm just going to add something. My kid. (laughs) That's why teachers are so important, brethren. That's why making sure that we are prepared for our classes when we teach is so important. That's why it should be not a, uh, uh, man, i got to sign up to teach, right? It should be an honor. Because guess what you get to do? You get to help your brethren, with their kids. You get to help your brethren strengthen and train those kids, what? In the admonition of the Lord. What an honor. We have a chance to help parents out. I love what we talked about in the deacons' elders meeting about the elders and the deacons helping with this, teaching Oh man, what an awesome thing, right? I love you all so much and I'm so passionate about what I do, but you know what? Until we realize sometimes we're doing things that we're not supposed to do and we have to change who we are and then we do it, we won't be effective. Paul stood convicted. Paul stood guilty as charged. But guess what he did? He said, forgive me. And then he got up and got right. 
Man, right now, at this time, at this moment, you can say, you know what? I ain't been doing things right. But guess what? Today is the day that I change who I am. As y'all read this week, mark this in your Bible and let this be your prayer and let this be your verse. Is Psalm 78, 1 through 4. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. And I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known. And our fathers have told us, we will not hide from them, from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. Huh? Aren't you happy that you're a Christian? Aren't you thankful that Jesus loves you? Aren't you thankful that you've been washed by His blood? Huh. Man, that's powerful. Why won't I talk to Isaac about that every day? Does he have a responsibility? Absolutely. The Bible also says children obey your parents. <laughs> if you want to live a good and prosper, uh, prosperous life, can't even talk, then you better obey your parents, kids, and they gone. So... When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which He had done for Israel. Brethren, let's not be those people. Let's not let a minute or a second or uh, any time go by that we don't talk to our children. And if we don't have children and we see children coming in here that we know, let us tell and talk about the wonderful, wonderful... God we serve. Wonderful, excellent, merciful, King, Almighty, who sent His Son, whose name is Emmanuel, to this earth. God with us, man. He became flesh and He died for us. He was buried and He rose again. He said that if you believe in me and who I am and if you're baptized, guess what you get? You get to be saved and you get to have your sins forgiven and you get to go be my faithful servant to the end. Will we do it? Does it matter? <laughs> I mean, it's whatever, right? Don't be that way, y'all. I love you. Very, very much. I thank the Lord that y'all have given me the opportunity to come up here and cry in front of y'all. I thank y'all for it. I promise I won't try to cry tonight. I got PowerPoint, so I'm, I'm on another deal, worried about it. Hey, come tonight, and uh, it'll be good. But if you need something, if you need prayers, if you need to be saved, whatever you need, don't wait, man. Don't wait. Come right now. It's together we stand and sing.